Welcome to Life Together, a podcast for Gresham Bible Church where we exist to glorify God in being disciples who make disciples of all people through the transforming power of the gospel. I'm Mike Dahl, and with me today is Josh Howith. Hey, Mike. Hi, Josh. That was awkward. And with us today is Lindsay Bach. Hi. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. That was not not awkward. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to have Lindsay with us today on the Life Together podcast for Gresham Bible Church to get to know Lindsay more. And then Lindsay wrote an awesome study on the book of Galatians that women's ministry is starting to go through. And so we wanted to have Lindsay on just to help us dig into the book of Galatians more as a church from spending the time writing an awesome study on the book for women's ministry. So... Let's get right to it. Lindsay, why don't you give us a short kind of high-level biography? What should we know about you? All right. Well, I was born and raised in this area. So I grew up in Troutdale. I went to Reynolds High School. And then I stayed pretty close uh, when I went to college. I went to Willamette University in Salem, and I got my English degree there, and then I got a teaching degree. So I was an English teacher locally for a few years. There are actually some of my former students at Gresham Bible Church, which is kind of fun to get to stay connected with them Very cool. at church. So that's kind of just general background information. And then as far as my faith background goes, I grew up going to Good Shepherd. Uh, my parents have gone there for as long as I've been alive, so (laughs) it's been a few decades now. And I had a good experience there, but as I got older, I realized that I wanted to be a part of a church that was a little bit smaller. Just thought that would fit my personality better and maybe give me an opportunity to use my gifts a little bit more. So even actually when I was still going to college in Salem, I started coming to Gresham Bible Church right after it started. But I was only able to attend in the summers and on Christmas vacation, and then I would listen to the podcast of the sermons when I was at school. So I've actually been going to Gresham Bible for however long. It's been around 13 years now, 14? 14. 14. Yeah, 14. And then I became like an official member when I graduated from Willamette, and that's been 11 years now. So, and then, yeah, Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of different configurations of the children's ministries, all the like different names for the classes they've changed over the years. But let's see, after that... Oh, I was going to mention that I've been on the women's ministry team for seven years now, but I've only been teaching in the women's ministry for five years. So that's kind of my background. Oh, and I should probably talk about my family. I have one. Of I was just going to ask that. You know. Yeah. So I am married to Jason Bach, and he is an engineer. And then we have one child, our son, Zachariah, who is four. An important thing to know about me is that Zachariah joined our family through adoption. We went through a pretty prolonged period of infertility and then decided that we felt it was more important for us to become parents than it was for us to be pregnant. And so we decided that God was calling us to adopt, and so we went through that process, and that was like another two years. And Gresham Bible was so generous to us through that process. I think that the church raised over $15,000 toward our adoption costs to help pay for that. And so that was a huge blessing. And after a long, prolonged process, we were able to bring Zachariah home. We were matched with his birth mom in August, and he was born in November, and he was actually born prematurely. We had to fly across the country to go meet him, and then he was in the NICU for like two weeks, so we had to stay in Florida for three weeks. So that was, that was a difficult 
process. Like everything leading up to becoming parents was hard for us. But I think that it gives me a deeper appreciation for what it means to be a parent and makes me especially thankful to have my son. But yeah, it, all, it does also mean that our, our family is complete at this point. So we only have one child and we feel content with what we have. That's amazing. And also, Lindsay and Jason, you guys serve as deacons yeah. at GBC, yeah. and we're really grateful for that and how you guys have been willing to help people in different ways with member care. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yep, it's great to be on the deacon team and hoping that we can keep doing that for however long we're needed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you and Jason have been such an encouragement to my family and I, to Carrie and I. And so, yeah, even though you're a Packers fan and even though Jason's a 49ers fan, I just thought I'd put that yeah. into the podcast. Yeah, well, you can you can pray yeah. for my husband to have wisdom in that yeah. area. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So thank you. That That's really helpful to hear some of your story. So, Lindsay, what is one specific thing, if there's some at our church that don't know you very well yet, what's one thing someone should know about you? On like a serious note? On Your like call. A, <laughs> I would say on a serious note, like the, the infertility and adoption experience is a really yeah. important thing to know. There have been, it, there can be a tendency for people to make comments about family sizes and stuff and like, you just don't know people's stories. So I always like mm-hmm. to tell people that part of my story just to, so that everybody can have a good time and, and be nice to each other. But overall, I would say Gresham Bible, I mean, obviously Gresham Bible has been so encouraging and affirming in our desire to adopt and has been so welcoming of our son and just our family. But on a less serious note, one thing that you should know about me is that I really, really love animals, like a lot. I really love my dogs, probably to an unhealthy amount and so if you ever like tell me a story about an animal getting hurt I will probably get upset (laughs) I will try to hide it really hard but I will be inwardly like like if someone's laughing about it yeah or or just like talking about something and yeah I will just be inwardly screaming because it is horrifying to me I one time was driving to work and a red-tailed hawk flew in front of my car in the dark and my windshield hit it and I called uh, Jason just sobbing because I was so upset that I had killed this bird that like there was no way I could have swerved to like avoid it but Jason thought I had like hit a person but no it was it was a (laughs) bird (laughs) I was deeply upset um, because yeah 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 yeah. when I see roadkill I get I get sad. <laughs> so, so I want to evaluate a question really okay. quick because I'm interested in this. Okay. okay. So our family's tradition is every Sunday night we have popcorn and apples and we okay. watch America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> but the most popular segments on there are all these animals basically getting hurt. Yeah. You know, falling and doing dumb things. Would you cry through that? Or no. Would you laugh at that? No, I mean like really seriously hurt. Like, like killing like, a bird. Like kind of death. Hurt. Like, yeah. you know, serious maiming. Oh, so last summer. That helps. Okay. Um, our cat, one of our cats broke his leg and I was just, I was an oh. absolute hot mess. Like I sobbing, like he's going to die. We're going to have to put him down. He's only a year old and we're going to have to amputate his leg. Like, yeah, very dramatic. So your favorite movie is Old Yeller. Oh or something yeah, like that. totally. Yeah. Um, or like The Fox and the Hound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I'm just processing this on a few different levels, knowing your husband, Lindsay. Oh and, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, does so, he ever tell you stories about his expeditions out in the woods and what happens to animals? Yeah. Sometimes I have to say, like, think about who you're talking to. And when Jason, so my husband hunts. If you guys don't know that, and. 
If Jason gets an animal when he's out hunting, I make him color the face out. If he wants to send me a picture, he has to color the face out. Because if it has a face on it, like, I don't want to see it. Uh, I'm, this is like, great. so close to being a vegetarian, but meat is delicious. But, like, if I think about it too hard, I would probably have to become a vegetarian. So, But I'm not going this to because bacon is delicious. This is so helpful. <laughs> Very good information. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Lindsay. That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So how about to switch from animals? uh, Animal welfare. Yeah, color your face. Yeah. So I can't see it. Yeah, exactly. And just real quick clarifying question. So two dogs, what type of dogs do you guys have? So we have a corgi who is, she's 11, and her name is Penny. And we have a golden retriever named Hudson who is eight. Very so they're cool. they're totally both gonna die at the same time, and I'm gonna need therapy. So oh just, man! You know, okay. We're and they're very that. active, right? Yes. Yeah. Remember, there's a lot of joy in your home. Yes. We went over to eat once. Yes. Hudson is very affectionate. Uh, he thinks everyone comes over to pet him, and Penny thinks everyone came to play with play with her. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so Lindsay, to help us get to know you more. We're going to dig into here Galatians here in a minute, but just help us and help Gresham Bible Church maybe learn even more about you in terms of you enjoy studying God's Word. You're a teacher. There's a gifting there. What are some things that have influenced you, shaped you? How's that gift and that desire been cultivated in your life in terms of knowing God's Word and teaching God's Word, sharing that? Just kind of help us Mm -hmm. picture that a little bit more. Walk us through that story. Yeah, well, I think if you had asked me like 10 years ago if I would teach the Bible, I would have laughed at you because that was never something that I thought that I had a gifting to do. I did feel like I had a gifting to be a teacher. So my parents are both teachers. My mom's mom was a teacher. Her sister's a teacher. Mm. Like it's teaching is kind of like a disease and it kind of grows in families <laughs> and like gets spread around a lot. It's, it's just kind of a mindset, I think. And so teaching was something that I realized I was gifted to do when I was probably in high school, and that kind of grew as I got older. But actually wanting to teach the Bible was something that came later. And I think the kind of a key event for me realizing that was actually going to an event called the Verity Fellowship. They had their first event, and Nancy Guthrie came and spoke. And she, when she was teaching, she was doing biblical theology, and she did a couple different, she traced a couple different themes through the whole Bible, and it was so beautiful. And I had never heard a woman teach the Bible like that. Hmm. I, had, I had seen lots of women share their testimony, I had seen women teach in children's classes, but Nancy like took a text and really dug into it and and pulled the beauty out of it and made me love God more by the way that she taught it. And I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized when, when she was doing biblical theology specifically, which if people who are listening don't know, biblical theology is like tracing a theme through the entire Bible and seeing how it kind of fits through the whole story. And I realized that that's one of the things that I love about literature. That's one of the things that I enjoyed doing as an English student and teaching English. But as I started studying the Bible more for myself and realizing that the Bible is obviously God's inspired word, but it's also like really amazing literature. And I realized that teaching English was so much less rewarding for me because it, it doesn't, it's, it's not as meaningful. <laughs> like Beowulf is really great, but like hmm. it doesn't tell me anything about who I am. It doesn't tell me anything about who God is. It's just, 
it's interesting. It's a fun intellectual exercise to read a really good novel and trace themes through that. But when you see how God's word is so cohesive, even though it has dozens of different authors inspired by one spirit, but over, like over thousands of years, that's amazing and beautiful. And when you study that and look at it deeply, it just makes you, like it makes me love God more. So Nancy Guthrie was a big influence on me in that event. And then also she has a podcast called Help Me Teach the Bible, which is actually, it's kind of done now, um, but she interviews different Bible experts about different books of the Bible. And that was really good. And then Jen Wilkin also does really good, a really good job of creating studies that make you dig into the word. And then she also does biblical theology, like when she's working through the different books. And so I found all of her studies really helpful too. That's so helpful to hear different influences and what that's looked like. And um, as we pivot here to dig into Galatians, I just want to say before we dive in, it's so awesome to see your gifting and your commitment to love God's word being developed and cultivated in and through the local church, right? And then you're using that gifting to bless Gresham Bible Church. So yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone to that Verity Fellowship conference if I hadn't been on the women's ministry team that year. Like Ange had us, she signed us up to go to that event. And then we actually got to meet Nancy Guthrie afterwards, which was really cool. Because wow, Ange's cool. dad like knows her and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was an awesome opportunity that I wouldn't have probably had if I hadn't been a part of GBC. That's great. So yeah, really, I mean, just real quick, but then the podcast you're referring to that Nancy has done, I mean, I've learned a lot from that podcast. It's a really, really good podcast. Yeah. I'm sad it's done. Uh, yeah. But no, I too, <laughs> I'm just so, so thankful for how you're using your gifting to bless the church. And mm-hmm. I mean, we have even, I'm thinking about our kind of sermon prep, Simeon Trust group we do on Mondays at four. It's kind of like an open group, you know, lots of different people in the church come in and out. And we just kind of study the text for that week's Sunday sermon four o'clock at the office on Mondays and but since you've been coming I just know like even the contributions you make in that time is just really valuable it it sharpens all of us sharpens me and really helps get going in the study of the the passage that week so yes yeah no I just you've you've been a gift to so many people in our churches well it's been a huge blessing to me to be able to be a part of that it's just great to be able to talk to other people who just love studying the Bible really deeply. That's just always really refreshing to me. And it's also just really great to have a conversation with another adult without like a four-year-old <laughs> trying to talk to me about cars at the same time. Yeah. That's fair. That's Bible completely is, fair. The Bible is amazing. I don't know about Beowulf, though. Beowulf is so Beowulf amazing. Is great. Beowulf is great. The movie was terrible. Well, well the I'm movie is always terrible. <laughs> uh, I love it. So, Lindsay, you've given a lot of time and energy to studying Galatians to prepare it for the women of GBC to study Galatians together. So we want to learn from that and benefit from that together as a church. So why Galatians? Why did I pick Galatians? Yeah. Okay, so partly a selfish reason because I had been in a, in a book study group of that book before. So I felt like, well, at least I already know I have like a really good foundation coming into this. Like I'm not totally coming into this blind. So that was a bonus. And then from that study that I had done with other women at GBC, I had really been impacted by the way that the, the book of Galatians talks about the Holy Spirit. I think that there can be a little bit of a tendency for some of us to shy away from talking about the spirit because we're afraid we're going to say like a heresy by accident. (laughs) Like we're just going to like mess it up really bad or we're just not really sure like, oh, what are, 
what is the spirit doing and how is that different from what like Jesus is doing so we don't maybe talk about it as much and also sometimes it's because we want to avoid getting into an argument with someone about like cessationism versus continuationism so like how does the spirit work among us now and is it different from when the bible was being written the new testament was being written and i appreciate about galatians how it really emphasizes how the spirit is at work in us and we can expect that 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 the spirit is going to do the work that it started in chapter five that we eagerly await the hope of righteousness. And that righteousness is the work that the Spirit is doing in us. So later in chapter 5, when Paul is talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that's not something, that's not like a checklist of stuff that like you have to do all these things. It's like this is the fruit that the Spirit is doing in you. And if you think about a tree, a tree doesn't like water itself and prune itself and do and give itself sunlight Mm -hmm. in order to produce the best fruit a gardener comes and cultivates it they put fertilizer on it they make sure it has enough water they prune off the dead branches and that's the spirit doing that in us to make us bear fruit it's not something that we have to accomplish all on our own so we shouldn't come to that list of the fruit of the spirit and feel this huge weight of like ugh, this is all this stuff i have to do it's like no this is something that I'm eagerly awaiting, that this is a work that, that the Spirit mm-hmm. is doing in me now. And when Jesus returns, it's going to be fully complete. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> and, it, and it takes such a huge load off of you, too, I think. Like, it's not that we don't have an obligation, because right after that, he says that we should walk in step with the Spirit. So there is an obligation for us to do something, but we can trust the outcome with the Lord. Yeah, that's good. So that draws us into Galatians. How would you give a summary of Galatians? Like, what's the big idea? What's the thesis statement for Galatians? So the kind of tagline that I picked for the study was one gospel and one family in Christ. And I picked that because I think that the the one gospel aspect of it, which is kind of what Paul focuses on in maybe the first half of the book, really leads to the second half, the one family in Christ. So there was this issue in Galatia that Paul had come and he had preached the gospel to these people and they received it. And then he left and some other people came in, these people, the Judaizers. And the Judaizers were just a group of Jews who thought that in order for someone to be truly saved or maybe like fully saved, that they needed to become Jews first. And that kind of makes sense in terms of some of the stuff we see in the Old Testament, that like if Gentiles wanted to be a part of God's family, they would need to follow the ceremonial law, but but things had changed because of Christ. And so they were coming in and saying like, oh, if you want to be a real Christian, then uh, Mm -hmm. you sir are gonna have to be circumcised and you're gonna need to follow all these laws and you're gonna have to celebrate these holy days. And they were making the Galatians feel like they were second class Christians because they had been born Gentiles and because they weren't becoming Jews in order to become Christians. And Paul needed to to fix this problem, to remind them of the gospel that he had already taught them, that faith in Christ was the key. So that's the one gospel, that we're only saved by our faith in Jesus and not by any works that we do. 
And because our faith in Jesus unites us with him, that makes us one family in Christ. So we can't be looking down on one another because of things that make us different, like our nationality would be the, mm-hmm. the case in Galatia. And he's going to have other examples that he'll talk about too. But there's nothing that should be dividing us from other believers. We should be primarily focused on our, our love of the Lord and the fact that we had nothing to offer him when we were saved. There's nothing that can make me feel superior to you or that should make me feel inferior to you. That It's all about faith in Jesus. So that's why it's one gospel and one family in Christ. Amen. Almost like God's word is alive and active. It is. Yes, that's good. And that's Galatians. How about, Lindsay, you gave an awesome kind of overview summary of the book. Let's learn from that a little bit or briefly. What are some helpful principles or practices that you've learned in terms of studying God's word, right? So that we're sitting under God's word, we're making sure we're not reading ourselves into the word. Just how would you help us think about that? I think that a lot of the way that I approach God's Word has partly been shaped by how I've seen it modeled at GBC with Virgil and with Josh and with uh, you, Mike. Like, you can see, with expositional preaching, you can kind of see how the application happens because when you're actually going through a text verse by verse, you're explaining the thinking behind the application that's coming later. So we're not just jumping into a verse and saying like, oh, this is how it applies to me. So I've seen it modeled really well. I've also done um, the Simeon Trust three times, Mm -hmm. and that's been really helpful to learn that. So I think if someone wanted to maybe become, to study the word more deeply or to potentially teach in the future, the Simeon Trust is is a really great resource for that. But in terms of just like really practical habits, one thing that I do is I listen to God's word. So I, I will listen to it repetitively. When I first started prepping Galatians, I used the Dwell Bible app, hashtag not sponsored. Um, <laughs> I used the Could Dwell we Bible be, though? app. We, yeah. we should. Okay. The Dwell Bible app to just listen to it repetitively. And for me, there's something about listening to someone else read the text that helps highlight things that I might not read because I would read it differently in my own head. Mm-hmm. You know, they would say it just a little differently and it just sticks out to me differently. And then reading it or listening to it repeatedly, you just pick up on different things as you're just kind of marinating in it. So I marinated in it a whole lot for for a while just as a preparation. And then it's kind of hard for me to explain what happens after that. This is where my like English teacher, a beautiful mind thing kind of comes in. And it's just like I start seeing divisions in the text where different topics are brought up. And then it's easier for me to start breaking it apart and kind of look at the structure. That's kind of something that comes naturally to me. It's not easy for me to explain. But one thing that I found helpful in the commentaries, just looking at Galatians specifically, was that like the first two chapters of Galatians are really history. It's Paul's history and kind of explaining to the Galatians like this is how God has made me an apostle and why you should trust the gospel that you received from me and then the next section is like the theological section where he's telling them this is why you as Gentiles are heirs of Abraham you're a part of the family of God and no one can tell you that you're not and then that last section five and six is really the practical application this is how we live in light of the fact that we are a, a part of God's family. 
Yeah. So I really appreciate it. I read your, the study and it's so good and something that resonated with me that has been really impactful in my life. And it sounds really simple or simplistic, but it's not is just reading God's word from beginning to end. So if Mm -hmm. you're going to study the book of Galatians, read it in one sitting. Mm -hmm. Don't just sample it, just read it and then do that again and again and read a book maybe 10 or 50 times and then you start to see all the themes and the threads and the connections. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated how you called that out. Well, I think you're bringing up really important things because like you said before, you love the Bible. It's beautiful. Like it's, yeah, it's divinely authored, you know, by God, but also has these human authors and it's there's a literature to it there's genre to it and i think a lot of people we think of the bible as like a mystical book almost you know where you Mm kind of open it up and you just kind of hope you know something sticks and (laughs) impacts you that day and so we really do gravitate more towards maybe even devotional books because we want someone else to unpack it Mm -hmm. for us but there's something really accessible Mm -hmm. because we have the spirit of god in us who teaches us and that we can sit down and see how the Bible has like a structure to it, yeah. you know, and there's an organization to it. And when you really can begin to see that, you can understand it even for what it's trying to say to us. And so I just think it's really important to acknowledge that again, just how well said. Um, there's a structure to this book. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, I just don't go looking for my favorite verse, so to speak, but, but that fits within the whole of it. And seeing that's going to be really critical and all people can learn that. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah, and a, a resource that I would really recommend for someone who wanted to to start doing that more or to, to just read the Bible well, Jen Wilkin wrote a book called Women of the Word, which it says women on the front. It's really, it's <laughs> it, it might have flowers on the front of it, but anyone can read it. Um, it's really good. It's a really brief summary of the approach that she uses and encourages people to use in in studying the Bible. And part of that is repetitive reading. Part of that is not going and sticking your finger in a random verse and saying like, what does this verse have to tell me today? Like a magic eight ball or something. And I've really been shaped by the way that she approaches that. And I have totally blatantly ripped off the like style of her studies. Although I very intentionally chose a book that she has never written a study (laughs) on so that I could not plagiarize her. (laughs) Maybe later. Yeah, no, we all need to be giving ourselves to being students of the word and not just in a nerding out way, but it's God's word for his people Mm -hmm. and to learn to handle it well. I can't think of anything more important as a church for us in that, how it shapes us. I know in our family, I've told my kids if I could give them anything, it would be a love for God's word and how to read it. Mm -hmm. And just if we can keep passing that on as a church is so important. So yeah, love this discussion. So Lindsay, what are some hopes or prayers that you have for the women of GBC from this Galatians study? How are you hoping it to benefit your church family? I think that one of the one of the key ideas in Galatians that really stuck out to me, especially in light of the, the past year that we've had, is the emphasis on unity, that we are one family in Christ, and that things that might otherwise try to divide us are things that we should resist, that we should really see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ in a way that honors one another and values one another. So we can do that not by pretending that we're all the same, because we're not. We have different experiences. Our families look different. Our day-to-day lives look different. And that's good. Like God created that Mm -hmm. difference because he had different plans for our lives. That actually comes out really strongly even in chapter 2 when Paul and his 
his friends go to Jerusalem and they're meeting with Peter and the other apostles and they're they're talking together to make sure that they're on the same page about what the gospel actually is and then after they do that they they're both like encouraged by what they hear from one each one another so they agree on what the gospel is and then they the Jerusalem apostles they extend the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and to Paul and they kind of send them with their blessing for them to go and share the gospel to the Gentiles and for the rest of the apostles to stay and share the gospel with the Jews and I think that's a beautiful picture of how like they both recognize that they love the same Lord and Savior, but they also recognize that God has called them to different things. And so mm-hmm. they're not saying like, no, Paul, you should come with us and go teach the Jews. No, they're saying like, oh, God has gifted you and called you to do that. Like, go do that. That's awesome. And there's no jealousy or competition between them. They're just encouraging one another to go and pursue the calling that they've been given. And I think that's one way that we can really honor the Lord in our unity by seeing the gifts that God has given to other members of the body and then blessing them to do that and rejoicing, even if it means maybe that they get an opportunity that we would have liked for ourselves or we feel like, oh, we see, I see your face too much. <laughs> like uh, you're up front a lot and I wish that I was or something like that. Or maybe or not valuing what they do. Like, oh, I don't think that mystery is very important. Like that's not the attitude we should have. We should be thankful that God has has gifted us in different ways from one another. So that that call to unity, I think, is super important just throughout. And that's something that I hope that we'll have because I think throughout 2020, we really saw a lot of division, not in Gresham, Gresham Bible that I know of, but just really in the American church, maybe people having different mm-hmm. opinions about how certain things should be done, what things should or shouldn't be said in the service about events that are happening in the world and we can have a hardness of heart toward one another in that and that was something that I was really convicted about personally just thinking about like yeah I disagree with that person on this issue that's really important to me right now but you know what that person is also like my sister in Christ and so I'm gonna love her and I'm gonna pray for her that she is making the decision that is wisest for her and her family and that she's being obedient to God in that and I'm going to be obedient to what God is asking me to do. Yeah. And that's okay that it's different. There, yeah. there are going to be things that we're going to need to disagree about. I really appreciated the episode that you guys did about disagreements and, and issues that we should and shouldn't divide over. And that was something that I talked about a little bit in the study and that the book, The Right Hills to Die On, it was really, mm-hmm. it's a really helpful book. Yep. Um, but I just want to plug one more time. Like, it's so good. You should read it. Um, Ortland, so. Yeah, and Ortland. It's, so it has to be good. Yeah. But yeah, there are definitely things that may divide us and mean that we can't do church together. But it doesn't mean that we should refuse to have fellowship with someone maybe outside of an actual church formal setting. You know, we yeah. can still be thankful for that brother or sister and yeah. honor them in the way that we talk about them and talk to them. Yeah, I love when you study God's Word you start to see some of those same patterns or issues were in Galatia, right? Mm-hmm. And they are still happening today. Yeah. So this is not new. And how is God's word instructing us as a church to live into that and to glorify him in that? So, yeah. Right. I think, sorry. No, I think that's really well said, though, Lindsay. I mean, especially uh, when you, like, I think that's a good example of what God's word does to our lives because mm-hmm. Like, we live in a world that says, no, if you disagree with people, you can't have fellowship yeah. with them. Yep. Like, you have to divide. You have to make your circle smaller. Yeah. And and I think when you, just when you're talking, I think probably anybody who's listening to this is going, yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, and it just, 
it's like a breath of fresh air in a sense like that really is what it's all about and there is a way forward and so i don't know i think it's really well said yeah it's kind of interesting because when i first decided that i wanted to study galatians i kind of talked about how it was kind of a convenience thing because i had studied it before but I had no idea how relevant it was about to become. Like, I started studying Galatians in fall of t- 2019. So, we sitting at Core Coffee, yeah, that place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without masks. There were lots of people in there. What is this world? Uh, yes. In the before times. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah, it, it's just, I didn't really know why. I felt like God was telling me, like, yeah, you need, to, let's do Galatians, do Galatians. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And it's just become so relevant and such a blessing to me to study it because I feel like I really, I needed that conviction about, I, I'm not the type of person who loves conflict. That's another good thing to know about me. I avoid conflict at all costs. Uh, Mike loves it. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. He's so confrontational all the time. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah, even you, you don't have to be confrontational or aggressive to not have a spirit of unity toward your brothers and sisters because you can have that, that inner voice of criticism. That's like, Oh, I can't believe that so-and-so is doing that. And why are they doing it that way? Oh, are they even really a Christian if they're doing this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I saw a lot of that in conversations that I saw online about different things just going on in the world during that time. And Galatians was a good reminder to me that that is not the way of Christ. Like, nope, gotta honor. There, there are things that we should care enough about to speak up about and say that I don't believe that that's consistent with the gospel. But even when we do that, we can do that in a way that's kind and respectful to them and not attacking them and saying like, you must not love Jesus because you did this. Or I don't, I don't think that someone who's been, who is saved could do X, you know? Yeah. Or even just, you're talking about the fruit of the spirit that we mm-hmm. see at the end. I mean, one of the fruits of the spirit there is patience. Yeah. Just well, patient with each other. Like I, I'm not a finished product today, you know? Yeah. And that helps me a lot when I walk in the spirit mm-hmm. to hopefully exemplify that, that fruit. We probably don't have time to get into it because I already, and I don't even know, I was going to ask you this, but do you know the difference between how it says verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit? What he means there by the difference between those two things? Is that talking about just the whole being that tree and then that this is activated in my life because the Spirit lives in me? I live by the Spirit. I'm activated by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm indwelt by the Spirit. Is that similar language? And then therefore, yeah. let's, let's continue to walk in the Spirit. Yeah, I think that that's what it's saying. It might be helpful to think of it as like, if we have life by the Spirit, so we're enlivened by the Spirit, then we should also keep in step with the Spirit. So the Spirit has made us alive and is making us image into the image of Christ. And so keep in step with the Spirit, like continue in the way of the Spirit. That's great. No, I think that fits even what we're talking about here. You Definitely. Know, what fruit are we bearing yeah. yes. in our lives? And yes, I amen. The, the fruit of the Spirit gets a, gets a lot of airtime. People like it. They needle point it on pillows and stuff. Um, but I think that the the works of the flesh is a really helpful list as well. The, the part that really stuck out to me a lot this year was where it says that part of the works of the flesh are enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, and envy. The rivalries, dissensions, and divisions, like, is there better words to describe 2020? Like, yeah, that, <laughs> there's so much of that everywhere, not just in the church, just all over the place. And so how can we resist the flesh and really 
pursue the spirit by saying no to those things and submit to the spirit and and seek the fruit of the spirit and be aware of those works of the flesh that are always at war in us those desires trying to take us away back to the flesh but that we've been set free from that we're no longer slaves it's so good i hope one of the takeaways for us as a church and we would all say it but then to really believe and press into God's word is timeless. It's relevant because it's true <laughs> and God's sovereign and in control. So we need to give ourselves more to God's word than no matter what the latest you know, headline is, clickbait is, those descriptions of the flesh. Yeah, that's our online that's lives. Like a cold take or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a cold take. Yeah. yeah. A loving yes. punch in the face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, there's so much for us here. So, so Lindsay, as we kind of wrap this up to close, I thought it'd be helpful if I could ask you two of the questions on page 59 okay. on week nine of the Galatians study that you wrote. I thought I want to write the, or ask the author uh, the answers to her own questions. So I'd like to ask you question number one and question number four. Okay. So question one that you have in the study is what aspect of God's character has stood out to you the most clearly while studying Galatians? How is that knowledge producing spiritual fruit in your life? I think in in studying Galatians, and maybe often, I think this is a, a fruit of the Spirit that sticks out to me, um, is God's provision. Mm. Is that an aspect of his character? I'm not sure if there's a better way to summarize that. But because God is the provider. I know that he's provided for my righteousness. And so I, because I've believed in faith, I know that the righteousness of Christ has become my righteousness. In Galatians chapter three, it talks about us putting on Christ. And it's this idea of us like taking his like princely garments and like having them for ourselves. And it's covering our shame. And so we have his righteousness as something that when God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. And so even though I still struggle with sin, I know that my righteousness has been provided for me. So it's not that I can do anything to make God love me more than he did any other day. It's that I can go before him and know that he's going to receive me like a firstborn son. So in chapter 4, he has this whole extended metaphor about how we're we're all like firstborn sons who are now received just like Christ is because we've been made one with him. So we're united to him and we're like firstborn sons too, just along with him. And so now when we come before God, he sees us like these firstborn sons. And so we don't have to approach him with fear. We don't have to try to do works of righteousness in order to be more acceptable. We just know that we're going to be received just like Christ would because we're one with Christ. And that also makes us one with one another. So that provision for my righteousness and for my forgiveness, I think is probably the thing that sticks out to me the most. Amen, Lindsay. How about the last question? You wrote, what verse or passage from the book of Galatians stands out to you the most and why? So how would you answer your own question? My own question? Yeah. I think that kind of the the key verse, or my favorite part at least, of Galatians is kind of the end of chapter 3 going into chapter 4. And I'm not going to read all of that because it's a lot. But I will read verses 6 and 7 from chapter 4. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. 
So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. I think that there's so much worth that is offered in that statement mm. that we're, we're made acceptable to God because of Jesus. And now we can cry out to him like a beloved child and know that we'll be received that way. Like we're, we're all parents here. If your kid came running up to you and said like, daddy, what, <laughs> are you gonna be angry at them? Even if they've done something wrong, if they're running to you and, and, and reaching out to you and crying out for you, you're not going to reject them. At least our perfect father will not reject us because he's not going to harbor anger or resentment against us the way maybe sometimes we might mm -hmm. <laughs> feel a little frustrated and maybe not receive our children the way that we should. But when, when a, ch a child runs to you and calls out for you, you want to receive them warmly. And that is the way that God receives us because of Jesus, because we're heirs, because we're sons. Men and women are like firstborn sons in God's eyes because of Jesus and our union with him. We can, know, we can go to him and know that we're received that way. And that's such a, a warm and beautiful promise that we have. Amen. Amen. I am excited for Gresham Bible Church with the work you put in in Galatians and the women's studies starting to dig into it. Thanks for spending time with us yeah. together. It's thanks been really me. helpful. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So thanks for joining us together on Life Today. We'd love to hear from you uh, <laughs> with Life Together. Oh, man. I need coffee. Life Today. Yes, let's do it. That sounds like a daily podcast. Though. It does. Daily yeah, no, no. All right, I'll read that again. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on Life Together. We'd love to hear from anyone with any questions or comments from the conversation with Lindsay today or any feedback that you may have on the Life Together podcast. And you can do that by emailing me at mike at greshambible.org. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.